Welcome to UT Southwestern's What to Know. Investigators across the entire spectrum of clinical, data, and basic sciences have risen to the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Here at UT Southwestern, there are more than 200 COVID-19 related research projects currently in progress. Joining me to discuss our efforts to better understand the biology of the virus and its spread within our community are Dr. Andrew Jamison, a member of the Lida Hill Department of Bioinformatics at UT Southwestern, and Dr. Lynette Liu, an infectious disease physician scientist. Thank you both for joining us. Dr. Liu, from the very beginning, research has been really important in helping us understand COVID-19. Tell us a little bit about what you think the most important things that we've learned about COVID-19 in terms of biology are since the beginning of the pandemic. Number one, what is immunity? What do we need to understand about that? in order to prevent this from happening to others or prevent this from happening again. Number two, why are some individuals behaving differently than others in response to infection? And how can we actually make everyone the same in that we don't actually become symptomatic or have severe disease? And number three, what about the long-term consequences? Is this a one or done thing or do we need to think about the implications of COVID-19 to 2020, 2021, 2030, 2050 for us and our children. Dr. Jameson, just as Dr. Liu has been studying the biology of this disease, this infection, you've been trying to predict what it might do in our community and across the, and across the region. Tell us a little bit about the model that you've developed, what kind of data are input into the model, and, and what you're learning from that. In the beginning, we really used data that was widely publicly available, such as the John Hopkins University dashboard data that many people might be familiar with. As we moved along uh, in the modeling efforts, we realized that it would be better if we could get uh, more privileged data, such as hospitalization level data from what's known as the RAC or the Regional Advisory Council. And using these, we can help get better informed answers in terms of how the virus is really spreading within the community and on a local scale. Um, and we continue to build our efforts and our collaborations with our regional healthcare partners to really get access to the highest quality data that we can. Dr. Liu, early on, we wanted to build a biorepository of COVID-19 samples so we could study the disease across different populations and try to understand it better. Tell us a little bit about what a biorepository is and your involvement in leading that effort. When the pandemic hit Texas in March, uh, the dean of our medical school, Dr. Lee, brought together the SARS-CoV-2 biorepository work group. The purpose was to craft and implement a campus-wide operational charter and biobank infrastructure. So now, eight months later, we have conducted over 120 research draws for blood, collected over 250 nasal swabs from positive patients. All of this is to enable us to actually um, make discoveries in patients to understand how infection occurs and how disease progresses such that we can actually intervene. Dr. Jamison, one of the most important questions your group studied was whether or not to open schools or colleges and what the behaviors might be that m would make those openings safe. Tell us a little bit about how you thought about that and then what you've seen now that schools are open. This was a very hot topic on everyone's mind. And the truth is, it was, you know, this is uncharted territory. I think we're all trying to learn as much as we could. Thankfully, the, the virus really doesn't impact typically, you know, children and younger adults, uh, such as college age folks, uh, nearly as severely, which is great, of course. Uh, but it also gives us less visibility to how it's been spreading in some of those communities um, as well. 
But really, if these uh, cases begin to migrate from the children and younger folks to the uh, older populations, that's when we would see problems again. And so really, you know, hopefully people are, are being careful if, if they are going to school and, and sending their children there, that the folks that in their family um, and, and others in their community that are, are at risk, they're, they're taking extra precautions. Dr. Liu, as the pandemic has progressed, we've heard more optimism about a vaccine. When you think about the scientific questions that are in play as the vaccine comes closer and closer, what things are you looking for to see if the questions have been answered to make a vaccine effective and safe? The primary question about vaccine is what is immunity um, and what is protective immunity? What are correlates of that? And we have many groups out there who are looking at the blood of these patients, who are looking at um, the nasal pharyngeal swabs of these patients to ask, well, what are the host responses, the host individual immune responses that correlate with improved clinical outcomes? Uh, what are the viral features that correlate with improved clinical outcomes as, as opposed to more severe disease? And then being able to take that information and put them into models such that we can test to see how important each and every one of them are, I think would be really important to understand what is protective, what is not, and then if we can actually measure that in a vaccine response. Dr. Jamison, I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball for a minute, your model, and and think about kind of where we are right now in terms of looking at what we're predicting for the next several months and when you think we might see a, a new trend or hopefully a downturn in the incidence of infections. I think for now it's going to be, you know, continuing to maybe slightly edge upward, hopefully not as dramatic as before. Longer term, of course, it's very difficult to say. There's so many factors out there, you know, and as we were just discussing about vaccines, this is, of course, what everyone is hoping for. We'll get out there a broadly available, safe and effective vaccine. And, and once this is really into play, you know, we'll begin to see, you know, hopefully that we can begin to dampen more and more of these waves as they come over time until it can eventually fizzle out in the long run. I don't think the virus will ever be completely gone from us, unfortunately. You know, it may become endemic like many of our other seasonal viruses, but hopefully with a combination of, uh, you know, advanced therapeutics as we learn more and the vaccine, uh, we can begin to find a new kind of state of normal, you know, uh, with this disease um, and, and carry on as we have. Dr. Liu, you're part of this amazing group of physician scientists at UT Southwestern that's collaborating daily on how to impact COVID-19. Tell us what your friends, your family, your neighbors are asking you about COVID-19. They ask, again, the same questions. How transmissible is it? How can I prevent myself from getting it or my loved ones from getting it? Um, what can I do to prevent others from getting it? Is this behavior that I'm going to give an example of safe or not? When is a vaccine going to come out and is it going to be protective or not? We know some of those answers, but we do not know many of those answers. And I think what is really important here is to convey that we are still gathering that information and we can give some sort of a hint to what we think there is, but obviously everything evolves and we as the medical and scientific community evolve along with the rest of the world. Dr. Jamison, you've been studying and modeling COVID-19 for many months now. What are the three important takeaways you would give our viewers? Number one, 
please continue to wear a mask and take all necessary precautions. It makes a tremendous difference. Um, and we've seen this from our modeling efforts, how much of an impact it makes. So please continue to do that. Number two, it's a dynamic and changing situation with a lot of uncertainty. We do the best we can with the data we have and we try to quantitate that as best possible, but keep that in mind um, and context as you look at the models. And number three, please stay vigilant going forward. Well, as two people who probably know more about COVID-19 and what's likely to happen over the next few months, I want to thank you both for joining us and for your hard work at UT Southwestern and beyond and helping us understand the virus and to develop uh, therapies, which hopefully will not only treat it, but prevent it in the future. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, thank you so much. Until next week, stay safe and stay healthy. <laughs>